Well, if that's all you need, you got yourself a deal. Good. It is a promise, then, and I trust you will hold up your end of the bargain. Of course. Maybe I don't look it, but you can count on me, man. Just ask. Anybody on earth? They'll vouch for me. Hopefully he wouldn't try to. That would be bad. Very well. There is a skill known as magic sense. Can you use it? Oh, here we go again. More walls for me to deal with. So unfair. No, I can't. What kind of skill is that? It allows you to perceive the particles of magic floating around you. It is not a very powerful skill, and all it offers is a visual reference, so it is not difficult to acquire. Oh. Sounds easy enough. Indeed. I can wield it as easily as I can breathe. I hardly even bother to think about it. Really? So once I learn that, I'll be able to see again? Precisely. This world is covered in sheer magic, although it is not spread evenly across its entire surface. Did you know, also, that light and sound both have the properties of a wave? Yeah, I've heard about that. Light waves and sound waves. Ah. How intelligent of you. Did you learn of that in your past world? You must have, I wager. But, indeed, you will be able to observe how these waves disturb the nearby particles of magic, then use that information to calculate how the area around you looks and sounds. Simple, yes? Um? Not really? What kind of BS was that? I, um, I'm not really sure. Whether that sounds simple or not, actually. No? But that is what allows one to continue fighting even after losing. Both their sight and hearing. It protects you from surprise attacks, and that. Is all but a requirement for survival here, is it not? Why yeah, but, can we skip all that fighting talk and just get me seeing? Again, maybe? MMM. Very well. Allow me to help you acquire this skill, then. This is. The only method I am aware of. W wait, can you do that? I'm kind of a newborn here. Worry not. You do have your memories from your past life, yes? And. There, you gained knowledge about the nature of light and sound. Without. That, not even I could help you, I wager. Luck is on your side, truly. True. I supposed it would be hard to explain sight to someone who can't. See at all, I certainly couldn't manage it. I read somewhere that Helen. Keller learned how to speak only by following cues she learned before. Going deaf at age two. Maybe I could use my knowledge of earth to harness. This magic sense thing to figure out what the world around me was like. Worth a shot, I guessed. This blindness was getting to be a massive pain. Plus, I had the sage on my side. It could work this out. I'm ready to learn, sir. Now, now, no need for such ardor. It is quite simple. First, try moving. The magic around you with the force in your body, I had an inkling of what he meant. It was the skill I'd probably adapted. To blow myself out of the water a moment ago. Like this?
I tensed up, trying to imagine the strength circulating through my body. I could feel something moving within, the magicules my companion was talking about. I hadn't been conscious of it in the water, but it looked as though I could adjust the force by how much I tensed up. Before, I hadn't been controlling the water so much as I was controlling the magic dancing around in it. I was exercising my magical muscles, and the particles around me were reacting. It came to me surprisingly quickly. MMM. You are more gifted in this than I thought. Now, do you see the difference between the magic moving within you and that outside of your body? Whoa. Maybe this actually was easy. Maybe I was more sensitive to the magic I absorbed now that I was conscious of the way I lived off it. Well, sure. Like, that's the stuff I've been eating all along, right? Heh <laughs> heh If you understand that much, the rest is child's play. All it takes is feeling the movements of the particles outside of you. Yeah, that I didn't get. But I gave it a shot, doing as I was told and feeling out the particles surrounding me. And I found I could. I could sense them hanging in the air, riding air currents, moving around. All sorts of sensations. Let's ask the sage about this. Confirmed. Extra skill magic sense, successfully acquired. Use. The extra skill magic sense? Yes. No. Huh? It was that easy? Well, sure, yes, then. Man, talk about a rock I can rely on. The moment I invoked magic sense, my brain was filled with new. Information. A massive amount, something my human brain never could have. Processed, the waves of light and sound pushing every single tiny particle. Around, and I processed it all, converting it into perceptible data. The thing about human eyesight is that it doesn't give you even a 180 dash. Degree view of what's in front of you. Now, all of a sudden, I could see a full 360 degrees around myself. The shadows of the rocks around me, the views hundreds of meters away, the moment I turned my attention to it, I could figure out what it was. If I were still human, all this perception data probably would have fried my brain circuits. But now I was a slime. My cells could provide muscle just as easily as brain power. So somehow or other, I withstood the torrent of information. Then, synchronizing extra skill magic sense with unique skill, great. Sage. Successful. All information will now be managed by great. Sage. Suddenly, my vision opened up. The brain-searing sensation from before was gone, and then I could see, so clearly that it was a wonder I wasn't able to do it before. Something told me that having the sage at my side was almost cheating. It wouldn't be going too far to put it that way. If someone else had it, I'd probably bitch that it was against the rules. Since I had it, though, no problem. Oh, I think I've got it. Thank you very much. I said, turning my attention to the creature in front of me. Holy crap. He really was a dragon. He was covered in scales that shone. A dark shade of black, 
tougher looking than steel itself, but supple and flexible. A big, evil looking. Gah. You're a dragon. He looked positively demonic, towering far higher than I anticipated. My internal scream welled up, pouring out of me, and I don't think I could really be blamed for it. What a surprise. I feel bad for ever thinking this guy was pet-sized. This was for real. Absolutely no doubt. The body, startlingly similar to a western-style dragon's, shone like obsidian. There were six fingers on each hand, equipped with claws, that looked ready to tear through whatever they found. The two pairs of wings, on his back, one larger than the other, came to a point at their respective ends, like swords honed to perfection and ready to dice. Upon closer observation, the ominous scales, covering his entire body, actually radiated a dark purplish light, a mixture, perhaps, of their natural color and the unearthly force that made its way through the surface. There was something strangely beautiful about his vast shape, the picture of majestic dignity. I began regretting being so rude back when I couldn't take it all in, but that was all water under the bridge. Turned out, by the way, that I was indeed oval-shaped. Like a little bun. Kind of a, light turquoise, maybe? Lighter than the daylight sky, but not by. A lot. A rather elegant color, I thought. Shame about the whole being a slime thing. You do remember your promise, yes? And considering your previous. Complaints, you learned rather quickly, no? Oh, of course. I was just joking a little, is all. I can see just fine, and. Plus I can hear now, too. I really appreciate this. Humph. You could have taken your time. So he was fine after all. A little scary looking, but he was awfully kind. To me, for no good reason. He really was lonely, I imagined. It was. Unfortunate that he looked the way he did. Kind of like that little story about. The poor red demon who wanted to befriend the humans. So what do you intend to do next? Well, for starters, I figure I might as well look for some otherworlders. From my home country. Not that I care too much if I don't, but, you know. Finding some would be better, but it's not as if we're guaranteed to. Become fast friends. Plus, with my brand new eyesight, scoping out the world could do wonders for me. Harvesting the light and sound around me had just expanded my world a thousandfold. Now, finally, I could say goodbye to my days of literally chewing the cut in my tiny cave or whatever. That dragon, though. The more I stared at him, the more sinister and terrifying he seemed. And yet he didn't move a single inch. He mentioned a 300-year-old seal, right? By the way, Veldora, you said something about being sealed away? Mm. Ah. Yes, I perhaps underestimated my opponent slightly. I eventually began fighting with, shall we say, more urgency, but, well, it was rather too late by then. The dragon sounded almost proud of his losing performance. Magic was. One thing, but I doubted there was a sword or lance in this or any other. World that could scratch him. It wasn't as if I knew that much of this world.
Yet, maybe it was crawling with horrifying monsters even more powerful. Than him, or something? Was your opponent that tough? She was, quite strong. She was what the humans call a hero, one. Blessed with so-called divine protection. A hero? My days in front of a game console had made me well familiar. With that term, simply doing hero stuff didn't make you dragon-slaying. Material, though. A lot of recent games had turned their so-called heroes into foils or parodies of themselves, besides. Maybe things were still a bit more traditional around here. Now that I recall, Veldora continued, the hero also said she was summoned. Perhaps she hails from the same area as you. Oh? I dunno. Where I come from, nobody's that strong, you know? Perhaps, but many otherworlders come here bearing special powers. Powers that are chiseled into their souls in the midst of their journey. The summoned will always bear one such skill, a unique skill, one exclusive to them and them alone. Unlike the otherworlders who come here by sheer accident, these people bear a soul strong enough to withstand the stress of the summoning process. The fact that said summoning process so rarely succeeds in this world otherwise proves as much. When you say summoning process, do you mean magic or whatever? Precisely. A process requiring at least 30 magicians conducting a ceremony that takes place over three days. It is rarely successful, but it is seen as a powerful weapon to have in one's arsenal should the need arise. A weapon? Mm. Those summoned in such a manner are bound by a magical curse. Upon their soul, unable to resist the orders of their masters. Whoa, really? No human rights or anything? Human rights? What rights would one possibly expect in this, of all? Worlds? Do not entertain such fantasies in this realm, little one. The only law that reigns here is survival of the fittest. Might, as they say, makes right. Well, huh. If you got summoned to this world, no point hoping that your old values applied over here, I guessed. Bit hard to accept that. So are you saying that otherworlders pretty much get treated like slaves? Here? No. It depends. There is no domination stamp applied to them. If society accepts them, they are free to live their lives as they please. They can become adventurers or the like. Many otherworlder adventurers have sought my head. They learned the error of their ways soon enough. Hiya ha 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 ha. So you're only forced into servitude if you were summoned here, huh? Not servitude, exactly, but I suppose so, yes. I like to believe I know a great deal about the humans, but a great deal is not everything. No. You're a dragon, besides. In way, he knew almost too much as a dragon. At least conversing. Together put me on his good side, enough that he answered all my questions. So we kept talking, Veldora and I, dragon and slime, about all sorts of things. How had the fight gone with this hero? How strong was she? Her skin was pale in color, the dragon told me, her lips were bright red and small. 
Her long hair was a dark shade of silver, kept back in a single ponytail. She was slim, not that tall, rather small for a human. Her face was apparently covered by a mask, but there was no doubting. Her beauty. I asked him whether this beauty was enough to distract him, whether he was too enwrapped to defend himself properly. Enough of your nonsense. He bellowed back at me. Apparently she carried a long, curved sword. A katana, it was called. She didn't bother with a shield. Taking advantage of two unique skills. Absolute severance and unlimited imprisonment, and a wealth of other. Magic, she, as Beldora put it, overwhelmed him. There was more than a trace of nostalgic contentment in his voice, or so it seemed to me. Something I picked up on as we spoke was that this dragon. I think he really liked humans. He kept calling them wimps and garbage and such, but from the way he put it, he never deliberately killed anyone who attacked him. Not unless they went out of their way to rile him. One time, three centuries ago, just one time, he emphasized a certain chain of events. Made him reduce an entire city to embers. That was what made the people send a hero his way. And now, thanks to that hero's unlimited imprisonment, he was in his current predicament. I had trouble enough figuring out my own feelings about a lot of things. Other people's, I could only guess at. But I was starting to get the impression that, well, maybe this wasn't such a bad dragon at all. I mean, I liked him. And he wasn't anywhere near as scary as before. All right. Well, um. What do you think? Friends, then? It was kind of, no, really embarrassing to put it like that. I'd have been. Blushing right then, if I could. W.H. what? A mere slime, daring to seek the friendship of the mighty. Beast feared worldwide as Beldora the Storm Dragon? Oh, um, you don't have to if you don't want, but... You fool. You foolish fool. Who said anything about not wishing it? Oh, no? Okay, so, um, now what? MMM, indeed. If you insist, I suppose I could consider it. I could feel him sneaking furtive glances at me. It would have been one thing if it had been a cute girl sitting next to me at the movie theater, but it was quite another when it was a death-dealing mythical beast. Not fun. Pretty funny, though. Yeah, I insist. It's settled. And if you don't like it, then watch out, cuz. I'll never come back. No, ah, uh, so be it. I will become your friend. I do hope you appreciate the gesture. Heh. I wondered whether I could manipulate the other three dragons he mentioned like this. I was made to exploit people, and he was made to be exploited. A perfect match. Well, to future times, then. Indeed. To future times. Ah, yes, allow me to give you a name. In exchange, you will give one to us both. Huh? Why? Where'd that come from? It shall chisel into our souls the fact that we are of the same rank. Something similar to the family names the humans use, except my name, for you, will also provide a kind of divine blessing. 
you are still nameless. Now, but through this, you will become a full-fledged named monster. MMMM. So he wanted me to come up with a common name for us to share? And? In exchange, I'd get my own name and all the benefits of named monster. Status? Better think up something good. I'm terrible at this stuff. Well, you said you were a storm dragon, so. I dunno, tempest or something? Ugh. Kind of on the nose, I know, but it sounded cool to me, so. Perfect. So be it. A wonderful timbre to that title, yes. He liked it? From this day forward, they will call me Veldora Tempest. And you. You will be called Ramuru. Proclaim to the world that your name is Ramuru. Tempest. Thus the name was carved into my soul. Not that it did too much to me. Or my abilities. But somewhere, deep inside my soul, something did change. A bit. I suppose the same could be said of Veldora. And that's how we became friends. Well, it was time to get going, I supposed. But before that. Hey, so I had something I wanted to ask before I left, but, can't you do? Anything about that seal on you? Not with my powers, no. Someone with a unique skill on the same level. As the heroes would be necessary for there to be even a chance. You don't have any, Veldora? I do, but now that I am sealed off, I can access none of them. Telepathy is about all I can manage at the moment. The hero's unlimited imprisonment could hold its target captive in an infinite number of imaginary spaces for all of time. It wasn't some weak barrier that would allow casual interference with the real world. Looking back, it should have struck me as strange that telepathy was possible, even. It wasn't the sort of thing that would break down over time, but given that he could have any contact with the real world, and even exchange messages, perhaps it said more about Veldora. Neither of us noticed this at the time, though. Well, here, let me try something. I rolled over to Veldora and tapped my body against him. Invoking unique skill, predator to consume unique skill, unlimited. Imprisonment. Failed. I figured as much, but no, I certainly wasn't hero caliber. With a dazzling light, my unique skill tried to do its work, but weakly bounced off. Without any further comment. I thought it might have made a small rip, but. That was all. The barrier would repair itself shortly, no doubt. I was hoping. That unique skill on unique skill would result in something, but it didn't. Was there anything I could do, though? Something. Received. Partial analysis of unique skill unlimited imprisonment. Complete. Reporting a potential escape route. Any escape involving a physical body is not possible. The chance. Of destroying the prison by physically damaging it is zero. Cannot. Analyze an escape route involving the annulment of imaginary. Space. One would need to be caught within the same unlimited imprisonment situation in order to analyze it from the inside. This is currently impossible. The chance of escaping in spiritual form is 1%. 
if a spiritual receptacle is prepared for the target on the outside too. Aid in the transition, the success rate is 3%. This process is equivalent to transmigration. If the target is poorly compatible with the receptacle, he will lose all memories and abilities. This concludes the report on potential escape routes. Hmm, kind of low numbers, it sounds like. Unlimited imprisonment. Looked like nothing more than a transparent membrane from my perspective, but physical damage did nothing against it? Maybe it had some kind of insurmountable defense attached to it, for all I knew. Hey, did you lay any damage on this hero at all? Or vice versa? Ah, I am glad you asked. Most of my attacks were evaded, but I did land. Several direct hits, which, I regret, had no effect on her. Death calling. Wind, dark lightning, even storm of destruction had no effect, despite being completely unavoidable. A total loss. All I could do was laugh. Beldora then accentuated the point with a loud, hearty guffaw. It sounded as though you could also use this unlimited imprisonment. Skill to cover your own body, making a shield to protect from external. Attack. Pretty handy thing to have around. This hero was starting to sound. Downright omnipotent. Between that and absolute severance, she was all. But invincible, wasn't she? I really wouldn't want to run into her, but then, I wouldn't have to. I would have liked to assume she had died in the. Ensuing three hundred years, at least. Either way, she was one tough. Character. So if I was going to get him out of here, it would be through transferring. His consciousness into a new body, huh? I guess I need some kind of receptacle to get you out of here. Even if it's. In spirit form only, it sounds like it ought to be possible. No point telling him what kind of odds he had to go on. I'd just be. Hurting Veldora further if I dampened his spirits. M.M.? There is a way out of here? Indeed. I feel my magical force will. Exhaust itself by no later than a hundred years from now. My magic. Continues to flow out of me, even now. Yeah? So that's why there's such a concentration of it around here. Indeed. Even high-class monsters would not dare approach. You saw. How there were no weeds on the ground? The sort of plants that can thrive. In this area are very rare indeed. Right. I recalled all the hippocute herbs I'd churned through over my. Short life. It was that valuable, huh? Yeah, so, you wanna try escaping, maybe? If I had the right receptacle, I think that'd help our chances a fair amount. Do you know what I'd need, though? Indeed, even if I escaped in spiritual form only, it would be quite difficult to regather magic and form my core once more. You're creating a small tear in the prison helped my chances immensely, no doubt. As for that. Receptacle, the new core, if you will. If you can bring one to me, all I'd have to do is traverse myself over to it. Transmigration, I suppose. Yow. And here I thought he was a little slow. He knew exactly what I was getting at, didn't he? The exact same conclusion the sage had made. Pretty much, yeah. If it's something I can get on this side, I could look. 
for it for you. Hmm. To tell the truth, I do not need any core at all. You can keep a secret, I trust. As I said, I am both unique and the most perfect of my kind. A fully unique creation, one that takes purely spiritual form. I have no particular attachment to this body. It is merely the faith of those who live. Around me, that forms the shape you see. There he went again. Spouting off complete nonsense. As far as I could piece together in the ensuing conversation, the basic idea went like this. Using his consciousness alone, he could gather magicules toward him to form a physical body, said body was currently being held in this prison, but that prison also prevented his will from collecting the magic he needed. Could he escape in consciousness form alone? No, because he needed some kind of receptacle. If he simply burst out in spirit form, his essence would scatter to the winds like the magic itself, erasing his very existence. This would result in the birth of a new storm dragon, somehow, somewhere, I didn't care about the details by this point. But to sum up, maybe he could escape, but if he did, he'd wind up being something else, it wouldn't matter to him. So much for that. But what if I used Predator to consume Beldora? Himself? I could either analyze him inside my stomach, or isolate him and annul the effect of unlimited imprisonment, and he'd be out. Would that work? Received, it is possible to store the target Veldora in your stomach via the unique skill, Predator. Really? In that case, if I could convince him of it, we could get going. If I couldn't, he'd have another century of isolation before he was reduced to non-existence. So I spent a few moments explaining the Predator skill to Veldora, and what I wanted to do with it. It'd be impossible from the get-go. Without the sage's help, but. Wahahaha. Fascinating. Please, go ahead. I leave myself. At your mercy. You're that ready to believe me? But of course. It'd be far more fun to break through this prison with you. Then sit around and await your return. With the two of us together, this unlimited imprisonment could fall quicker than we thought. Now I got it. He was one, but now we were two. I liked his outlook, so the plan was I'd use Great Sage and Predator to analyze this beast, and Veldora would try to destroy it from the inside. No worries about Veldora dissipating away in my stomach. I was starting to think this could actually work. All right. So I'm gonna consume you, all right? Hurry up and get out a there. Heh heh heh. Right away. You shall make me wait no longer. Let us finally join together. Right. I summoned up my stores of resolve, touching him for a moment. Then activated my predation skill. In a moment, Veldora's massive form disappeared from sight. It happened almost too fast. We were talking just a moment ago. Seeing him gone suddenly made me feel very small and very solitary. Using the skill on my first target created too much resistance to work at all, but with 
the help of a fully cooperative Veldora in all his hugeness, it couldn't have gone more smoothly. He and unlimited imprisonment itself were sucked in. At once. Kind of a surprise it all fit in me, though. Checking my stomach usage. Geez, 25%? How big was that thing, anyway? Then, conduct analysis of unique skill unlimited imprisonment? Yes. No. This better work, I prayed as I thought yes to myself. A cataclysm shook the world on that day. It was the only way to describe the reaction when the disappearance of the storm dragon Veldora was confirmed. It wasn't every day that a special S-ranked monster simply vanished without a trace. Monsters, as well as adventurers, were ranked on a system of six grades, from A to F pluses and minuses could be attached to these grades for extra precision. This system was first put into place by a man named Yuki. Kagurazaka, a rumored otherworlder and one of the few to assume the topmost rank of Grand Master in the Free Guild. It was quickly adopted, thanks to being much easier to understand than the previous, somewhat arbitrary four-tier system of novice, beginner, intermediate, advanced. The special S rank combined the S rank, which comprised Demon Lord. Class foes that deserved more than simply an A, with the special tag, reserved for those above even that class, monsters capable of single-handedly engineering calamities or natural disasters. A scale-breaking rank, existing wholly outside the six traditional ones. Normally, an A-ranked monster alone would be dreadful enough to threaten the existence of a nation, someone like Veldora was dangerous enough to plunge it into despair. Three hundred years of penance had done nothing to affect the dragons. Rank as a natural disaster, level threat. Just because he had disappeared. Didn't mean he couldn't be reborn somewhere, posing a new menace before. Long. But twenty days after the initial report of his disappearance, the Western. Holy Church issued a report that, as far as its investigations could tell, Veldora the Storm Dragon both no longer existed and showed no sign of existing anytime soon. Word spread first in the area around the forest of Jura, a broad plain, dotted with a large number of minor countries. Once Veldora's fate had been broadly reported, each one of them sprang to their feet, the proverbial hornet's nest stimulated to action. Every king and every minister of every nation held day after day of emergency meetings, gathering information and Debating what to do next. It was a trying time for the Baron of Veryard, Minister of the Small Kingdom of Blumand, but not half as trying as it was for the man, Veryard. Had called into his private chamber, that day. This was Fuse, a man just as renowned for his sharp, unrelenting eyes, as he was for his small stature. He was the guild master for this kingdom, a position affording him a hefty Amount of authority even in such a tiny nation. I believe you know why I summoned you here, the Baron began the moment Fuse walked through the archway. You have heard about the Storm Dragon by now, have you not? Fuse nodded. Of course, my Baron, he said in his low, hoarse voice. Humph, Veryard spat out in response. I suppose I should expect nothing less of you, my good guildmaster. Now, may I ask about how the 
Guild intends to respond? We have no particular plans at this time, sir. I'm sorry, did I hear you correctly? You have no intention to take. Action? Yes, sir, Fuse replied with a voice devoid of emotion, silently asking. The Baron, what he was so perturbed about. I do not feel any action is. Necessary. The Baron, not a great fan of this response, chose to keep those feelings. Hidden. Rather a strange thing to say, is it not? Not necessary? The disappearance of Veldora, the storm dragon, may portend further monster. Activity in the space of days, even hours. And you are taking no measure at. All against it? It would strike me as rather strange to do so, sir, for taking such. Measures is the job of the state. I am responsible for the free guild, not for. Providing volunteer work when bidden. Back I went to the underground lake from before. Just as I had. Imagined, the pool was pretty big. The air felt supremely tranquil to me. There were no creatures around, not even in the water, I assumed, what? With all the magic soaked up inside it, which made it all the quieter. Pure, unadulterated nature. Truly a sight to see. But back to business. I moved right into the action phase last time. Without testing a single thing, which was fairly ill-advised. That, and I ejected too much water at once, propelling myself far quicker than intended. No game plan whatsoever. This time, I'd keep it at water pistol level, expelling just a bit at a time. Just taking a mouthful of water and, THPBBT. Spitting it out. Here I go. Hmm. Not much water coming out. Too small of an exit hole? I expanded it a bit. Water shot out with a little more energy this time, dousing. A nearby boulder I was targeting. A promising sign. After a few more minutes spent adjusting my water levels, I decided to boost the pressure just a tad more before opening wide. Launch. Then. Again. Then again, gradually upping the output as I kept my water gun. Practice going. It was starting to take form, yes. But, okay, while well a shot of water might sting a bit, I didn't think it'd deliver a particularly decisive attack. So now what? I thought to myself as I took a dip into the lake to gather my thoughts. Whenever I was tired, that was my cue to hit the bath for a bit. I wasn't just splashing around for kicks, all right? Besides, it also gave me a chance to use magic sense and observe myself floating and sinking in the water. I reminded myself of a jellyfish, kind of. Maybe I could vibrate my body's surface to create currents or something. I gave it a shot, running magical force across my skin to control the particles around me. The vibration ran across my entire body, so. I tried to point it in a single direction, and that was all it took to get me. Moving. Nice. I spent a little while whizzing around the water like that, enjoying. The experience. A nice change of pace, to be sure, but I totally wasn't just. Messing around, alright? Let's keep that straight. Skill, current movement acquired. I thought it was the sage for a moment, but it turned out to be the world. 
language instead. That bit of playing around just earned me a new skill. Oh, but it wasn't playing around, okay? I was just relaxing a bit. Thanks to that, though, I can now flit around in or on the water at a pretty decent clip. If need be, I could use water pressure propulsion to speed things up, too. Considering I didn't need to breathe, fighting in the water might actually give me an advantage, for all I knew. Good for fleeing. Into, at least, that and other matters like it were on my mind as I left the lake. Break. Time was over, and it had certainly borne fruit for me. As I was relaxing, I had come up with a few new concepts. If I was going to keep pursuing the water gun approach, I'd have to apply constant pressure to my jet output for an extended period of time. Instead, I decided to picture the cylinder of a car engine applying pressure to my inside while releasing a comparatively small amount of water per go. Adjusting the pressure and the diameter of my output hole allowed me to adjust the force of expulsion, just like before. And thankfully, just as I'd hoped, it worked. A small jet ejected sharply out of my body, slapped itself against the boulder, and it actually broke the rock slightly where it hit. Success, I think. Better keep practicing before I forget the neck. Adjust. Output diameter, adjust pressure, and try putting a bit of spin on the water. As you eject it, too. There was a lot to think about as I kept rehearsing it. But that was it. That was the mental picture I had to keep in mind. Slicing through with water, I had to make the jets as thin and flat as possible, applying just the right spin to them. So I gave it a whirl. And it worked. The cylindrical shot of water fought through the air resistance fast enough to leave after images, just like a blade, then slashed its way right through the rock. With enough force to astound even me. It was the pinnacle of my efforts, the best results of my week of practice. Skill water blade acquired. Skills water pressure propulsion, current movement, and water blade acquired. Combining and upgrading to extra skill, control water. Whoa. It really did work. Extra skills were supposed to offer a completely different level of force than regular ones. Now I had a way of defending myself. It was just about time to head off. Well, finally, 120 days had passed since I got reincarnated at the banks of this cavern lake. Was I nervous? Yes. I still couldn't talk, exactly. I had no vocal cords, and I'd been poking around my body for something I could use as a substitute, but no dice yet. Staying here until I had more. Success was one option, but unlike with the water blades, I really had nothing to go on. For now, it'd have to be telepathy or nothing, and if my would-be conversational partner couldn't use that, then so be it. Not the greatest of situations, but there you go. Either way, I couldn't goof around in here forever. I wanted to see the outside world, and if I could, I'd love to run into some fellow Japanese. Otherworlder castaways. Learning some magic could be fun, too. It was time to get started. No time like the present, and all that.
Deldora wasn't giving me any particular responses or signs inside me. It almost felt as though I'd lost him, but I knew that wasn't the case. We had a promise, besides. Next time we meet, I'd better have some funny stories I can share with him. With an internal sigh, I traveled down the lone path upward from the broad underground cavern I had grown used to, my mind on the wide world. To come. Who knew what would be awaiting me? I hardly knew what to expect, but I knew I wanted it, the girl and the demon lord. The main thing I remember is the fire raining down. The grip of my mother's hand against mine felt so light, fleeting, and I was too terrified to see the way ahead. An incendiary bomb went off nearby, turning our surroundings into a sea of flame. Where were we supposed to go? It was burning all around us. I, Shizue Izawa, felt myself teetering on the brink of desperation. Ah. Uh, is this where I'm going to die? Even at the age of eight, I understood that well enough. I had no relatives I could rely on, I lived alone with my mother, my father had been drafted into the war so long ago that I didn't even remember what he looked like. I was never quite sure whether I should be happy or sad about that, but either way, it had become my normal life, and I had to accept it for what it was me and my life and my fate to die in the flames. And then, you want to live? If you want to live, heed my voice. A voice echoed in my head. Did I want to live? How should I know? I was too young to answer that. Question. Still, though. Looking at my mother, now just a pair of hands after she had shielded. Me with her body, I couldn't stop the tears from coming. And I thought to myself. I want to live. Confirmed. Responding to Summoner's request. Successful. I can't take it anymore. It's too scary, it's too hot. Help me, Mom. I lay there and cried, no longer fearful of the flame, as I wished life for. Myself. Confirmed. Extra skills, control flame and cancel flame. Attack, successfully acquired. Then my wish came true. Just, not exactly the way I'd hoped for. When I next awoke, I was inside the lair of a monster, a lone man in. Front of me. He had blue eyes, long blonde hair, a well-defined face, and long, slitted eyes. His skin was so pale, I thought I could almost see through it. His sheer beauty would make nearly anyone mistake him for a woman. His name was Leon Cromwell, one of the most powerful figures of this world, a so-called demon lord ascended from the human race. Also known as the Platinum Devil. He sized me up. Another failure, he whispered, seemingly disappointed at the sight of me, and he showed no further interest in me after that. Perhaps that was why he never bothered killing me, not even with the serious burns I had all over my body. I was close to death, and I didn't even matter to him. Just a frail little girl, clinging to life and no doubt dying soon. Enough if left alone. I couldn't stand that thought. I was still alive. I didn't want to be abandoned. 
and I never forgot that experience. That moment of frustrated desperation as he sized me up and tossed me away. That memory wound up, following me for the rest of my life's journey. At the time, I had nobody to turn to, none of the strength I needed to survive. The only chance I had to keep going was Leon, my demon lord. He symbolized power to me, and being abandoned by him literally meant death. I suppose I must have instinctually understood that, because without even thinking about it, I had extended a hand out toward Leon. Help. Help me. But the longing arm I stretched out to the demon failed to reach him. I gave up on myself, and with that came the anger. Ah. I really am going to die here. The sheer selfishness of rescuing me and then leaving me to die was something I just couldn't let go of. You liar, I said, summoning what little strength I had left. You asked me if I wanted to live. I couldn't stop the tears as I glared straight up at the demon. I was no longer capable of forming a coherent sentence, but if I had to summarize my thoughts, I suppose they'd be along the lines of this. You called for me, you gave up on me. I can't believe you ignored me. That's cruel. In the end, it was another demonic whim that saved me. His eyes eerily lit up once more. Heh. A liar, eh, he whispered. One moment. The ominous reply filled me with anxiety, but my near-fatal burns left. Me with nothing else to do. All I could do was prostrate myself before the will of this monster, this Leon. I had thought you were merely garbage, he said, but maybe you're suited for flame after all. Then he activated the summoning spell for Ifrit, the fire titan. It was easy for him. No casting required at all. And when the giant appeared, he tossed him a casual order. I'm giving you a body. Use it well. It was all the evidence anyone needed to show that Leon treated me as less than human. My frustration began evolving into hatred. The trauma was etched into my mind at such a tender age. You want to live? If you want to live, show me your will. It must have been my imagination. There was no way the demon lord could have ever said anything like that to me. No way he could have extended a hand out to me just before I succumbed to my burns. But it was true, thanks to having my body possessed, I lived because of him. The summoned effort followed his orders, attempting to merge himself with my young frame. I immediately felt my limbs grow numb. It felt as if Ifrit was trying to snatch my body away from me. Just as Leon ordered, he was attempting to commandeer my body for his own use. Confirming. Do you wish to be possessed by Ifrit in order to live? Yes. No. As I cowered at the ghastly force flowing into me, I silently prayed to myself. I don't want to die. Not yet, but, I can't. I can't let my old self. Disappear. Confirmed. Possession by Ifrit, successful. Ifrit's possession is. Stabilizing Shizue Izawa's magicules. Successful. Furthermore, unique skill deviant, successfully acquired. 
Thus, thanks to a wild series of coincidences, I managed to survive.